This is Guns and Butter. clearly talking about the NIST report, and yet, as I show in my report, they do not give a perfectly logical scientific explanation that takes account of even half of the relevant evidence. They do not take account of the fact that there is molten metal underneath. They do not explain how the buildings came down vertically at virtually free fall speed. They do not explain why the tops of the buildings exploded outward in such a powerful manner that sections of steel beams weighing an enormous amount were blown out 400, 500, 600 feet, some of them stuck in neighboring buildings, so there's no doubt about what happened. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. Today on Guns and Butter, Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show, Debunking 9-11 Debunking. Dr. Griffin's new book, his fifth on the events of September 11, 2001, Debunking 9-11 Debunking, an answer to popular mechanics and other defenders of the official conspiracy theory, tackles the recent onslaught of reports, articles, and books aimed at discrediting the 9-11 truth movement. Griffin analyzes and debunks the official conspiracy theory, the political narrative posited by the government, and offers thoroughly researched and documented support for alternative theories. Debunking 9-11 Debunking takes on four major semi-official publications. The popular mechanics book, Debunking 9-11 Myths, Why Conspiracy Theories Can't Stand Up to the Facts. The Kane Hamilton book, Without Precedent, the inside story of the 9-11 Commission, Vanity Fair's 9-11 Live, the NORAD tapes, and the National Institute of Standard and Technology's Answers to Frequently Asked Questions. As well, Dr. Griffin deconstructs recent articles in The Progressive, Counterpunch, The Nation, and other publications. David Ray Griffin, good to talk to you again. Good to be back with you, Bonnie. You've authored a brand new book, your fifth on the events of September 11th, Debunking 9-11 Debunking. What was the overall purpose of this new book? Well, prior to uh, 2006, the establishment had pretty much dealt with the 9-11 truth movement by uh, ridiculing us and uh, generally ignoring us simply uh, ignoring our arguments and uh, not, not replying uh, substantially to the points we raised. But in the summer, and in fact in August of 2006, four major new documents appeared which uh, not only were trying to bolster the official theory prior to the fifth anniversary of 9-11, but to do this by taking on the claims of the 9-11 Truth Movement and trying to reply in a substantive way to them. There was a new book by Kane and Hamilton called Without Precedent in which uh, they mention 
the uh, conspiracy theorists, whereas in the 9-11 Commission report, there's not a word mentioned about an alternative theory about 9-11. Then uh, Michael Bronner, who was given special access to the tapes from NORAD that were used by the 9-11 Commission to come up with their new story about why the interceptions didn't occur, uh, put out an article in Vanity Fair, which got a lot of press play, and uh, reinforced this new story in the public's mind that uh, the military didn't intercept the airplanes because it didn't uh, didn't know about them. The FAA hadn't uh, told them. And um, then uh, NIST put out a new report, uh, their major report on why the Twin Towers collapsed had come out in 2005. But then in 2006, they put out a document called Answers to Frequently Asked Questions, in which they did respond to questions that pointed to the alternative theory, which, of course, is that explosions brought the building down. They had not done this in the report itself. And then finally, the one that most people know is the book put out by Popular Mechanics, in which they turned their 2005 article into a book called uh, Debunking 9-11 Myths. So uh, my title, Debunking 9-11, debunking was to indicate that I was uh, setting out to debunk those attempts to debunk the 9-11 truth movement's claims. Dr. Griffin, the four works uh, attempting to debunk uh, 9-11 researchers that you have just outlined comprise the four large chapters of your new book, Debunking 9-11 Debunking. In addition to those four works that you go into great detail in, I notice in your book that there was quite an additional flurry of articles in magazines and online that came out at the same time, not necessarily August 2006, but let's say September 2006. You talk about an article that appeared in the Progressive in September 2006 by Matthew Rothschild called Enough of the 9-11 Conspiracy Theories Already. Uh, you also mention another one in the magazine In These Times. In July of 2006, the 9-11 Faith Movement by Terry Allen. Then, two, maybe the same article in different forms by Alexander Coburn, uh, both in The Nation and also on his website, Counterpunch, called The 9-11 Conspiracy Nuts. And that came out in 2006. So we have, in addition to the four major works that you talk about at length in your book, we have all kinds of articles, books, online stuff, coming out all around the same time, and that would be late summer of 2006. Why do you think that all of these debunking publications appeared at very much the same time? Now, do you think that's a coincidence, or is this being coordinated? What do you think? Yeah, I'm not a coincidence theorist, so (laughs) I tend to think uh, there was uh, a reason for this, I believe the reason is that uh, it was becoming more and more well-known in the public that uh, the 
official story about 9-11 was being rejected by a larger and larger percentage of the public. So polls came out that same year, one poll indicating that uh, 37% of the people believed that the attacks had either been orchestrated by the government or deliberately allowed to happen in order to uh, allow the wars in the Middle East. Uh, 37% <laughs> is no minor phenomenon, as Time magazine pointed out, saying this is no minor political movement. Um, another poll indicated that asked, do you believe that you have been told the truth about 9-11 by the government and the 9-11 Commission? Only 48% of the people expressed confidence that they had been given the truth. So in spite of the fact that 99.9% of all mainstream coverage has either presupposed the official conspiracy theory or used it to uh, ridicule the alternative theory, um, less than 50% of the public evidently is confident in the truth of that theory. So it looks like there was a, an attempt to strike back both in by means of these official reports or semi-official reports and uh, by means of uh, magazine and newspaper articles. Let's talk about conspiracy theories in general. In the introduction to your book, Debunking 9-11 Debunking, you make a distinction between rational and irrational conspiracy theories. Could you explain that? Yes, uh, and that's the reason I use the subtitle, an answer to popular mechanics and other defenders of the official conspiracy theory, because virtually everyone who is defending the official theory refuses to acknowledge that it's a conspiracy theory. And therefore, they take the term conspiracy theory, which has gotten a bad name, because people do use it in a derogatory way, so it's almost a reflex action of people to say, well, you know, I'm no conspiracy theorist, or I don't believe in conspiracy theories. But the truth is, of course, we all believe in all sorts of conspiracy theories, because in the generic sense, a conspiracy is simply when two or more people conspire in secret to do something illegal or immoral. Our newspapers are filled with those, and uh, we tend to believe at least a lot of these stories, you know, that people conspire to rob banks, uh, uh, people in corporations conspire to defraud their customers, their clients, uh, people in the government conspire to defraud the American people into going into war on, uh, on the basis of lies. So we all believe there are conspiracies. So the only question is, uh, you've got two basic conspiracies with regard to 9-11. There's the official conspiracy theory, according to which the attacks were carried out by uh, members of al-Qaeda under the direction of Osama bin Laden, and uh, the attacks were a great surprise. Or you've got the alternative theory, which is that uh, the attacks were either orchestrated by people in our own government, or at least assisted by them. And so you have to then say, okay, we've got two conspiracy theories. We can't reject either one of them on the grounds that it's a conspiracy theory, because the other one is too. So we actually have to look at the evidence and say, like you do with any scientific uh, question or historical question, 
which theory best accounts for the available data. And so that's the attempt of my book to try to get people to get empirical about 9-11 and not simply keep using a priori arguments to, uh, uh, to ignore looking at the actual evidence. Right, because the official uh, story, the official political narrative that is put out by the government is a conspiracy theory. Well, of course. And so uh, Kane and Hamilton go through their, their whole book uh, using this term about conspiracy theories. And uh, they actually give five very good criteria for what people generally mean when they say conspiracy theories in a derogatory sense. You know, it's things like uh, you start with your theory rather than the facts, and then you use the theory to construe the facts or to invent the facts. Secondly, you ignore all facts that uh, disagree with your theory, and, uh, and some others, including then a disdain for open public debate. And as I show, all five criteria that they lay out apply to themselves, and the other defenders of the official theory, and not to the leading members of the 9-11 Truth Movement. What the 9-11 Truth Movement does is say, okay, here's the government's theory, um, and it has these elements, each of which is essential. For example, um, it was carried out under the uh, guidance of Osama bin Laden. Uh, a second element is uh, we know there were hijackers uh, on the planes because of the people who called on their cell phones and uh, air phones and so on. Well, if any of those essential claims turns out to be false, then we've got good reason to believe the whole story is false. Um, and so only one of our claims has to hold up. Now, it turns out that all, you know most of our main claims do hold up. They have not debunked them, but it's the case that only one of them has to, whereas uh, uh, not all of our claims have to hold up. You know, we can we can make some errors. We can say, okay, we thought this was uh, uh, the case, and it turns out not to be. But on the logic of the case, uh, they cannot refute us by simply uh, pointing to one of our claims and saying, well, that one's false, and that shows you uh, the 9-11 Truth Movement is a house of cards. They've got to deal with all of them. And so what they typically do, and Popular Mechanics uh, particularly loves this approach, is they take one of the claims made by not the central members of our movement, but they find some uh, obscure website, and they uh, quote something from that, and then uh, proceed to debunk it, and then claim, well, now that shows you what the 9-11 truth movement is like. Or sometimes they even make up claims and then debunk those. I'm speaking with author and theologian Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show, Debunking 9-11 Debunking. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. It seems clear that many people, including journalists and editors, have difficulty believing that 9-11 was an inside job, despite the overwhelming evidence that it was. So you talk in your introduction to debunking 9-11 debunking that 
there's a psychological element to all of this, as if many people's ability to think clearly were compromised. How do you explain their inability to go there mentally? Well, of course, if you work for a corporately owned uh, newspaper, magazine, or uh, television network, and you know that the big bosses do not want you to talk about this, or you will lose your job, why, uh, you will probably be inclined not to talk about it, except in disparaging ways about the 9-11 truth movement. And furthermore, you probably won't want to believe, oh, look, I'm selling out, I'm keeping my job by not telling the truth. So this element of wishful and fearful thinking comes in. You say, well, you know, these 9-11 truthers, it's a bunch of nonsense anyway. So I'm not uh, doing anything really very dishonest by not reporting what they say, because it's surely not true anyway. So I think that's one major element. Another one is it is very threatening, given our mythology about the United States that we've all grown up with, repeating almost as a mantra, America is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. You know, that's almost a precondition for citizenship is to say that you believe that. You're greatly defamed if you say that uh, you don't believe it. We repeatedly hear we're the greatest democracy in the world. And then this story suggests something very different. That is that the leaders could deliberately kill thousands of their citizens for political gain. They could do it in an act that is so patently obvious that it must be an inside job. And I say it's patently obvious once you look at how the uh, World Trade Centers were constructed and then see how they came down. There is no rational conclusion other than they were brought down by explosives. And so, insofar as we've been told, no, they were brought down by the airplanes plus the fires, that's a lie the government is telling us. And then we learn not only is the government lying, but the official body, uh, the commission, deliberately covered up the lies. And, you know, I think I made that clear enough in my second book, the 9-11 Commission Report, Omissions and Distortions. And then you learn in that that the FBI, the CIA, and the Department of Justice all cooperated both uh, prior to 9-11 and after 9-11 where does one turn? You say, well, we still got a free press. And then you see, uh-oh, uh, the press is either wittingly or unwittingly participating in the cover-up. They will not even report our evidence, let alone do any investigative reporting on what has to be the major story of the 21st century, the attacks of 9-11. So that can create a despair. And so it's not surprising that uh, on Amazon.com, if you go there, you see the first blurb is written by John Whitbeck, who is an American, who's an international lawyer. And he says, after I read David Ray Griffin's earlier books, I was over 
90% convinced that 9-11 was an inside job. After reading Debunking 9-11 Debunking, I am, I regret to say, 100% convinced. He finds this very, very disturbing, as, of course, do many other people. And so, in many cases, the wish or the fear is the parent of the thought. And so many people not wanting to despair, not wanting to admit to themselves that they're in despair about the state of our nation, would rather not look at the evidence or simply ridicule it. In addition to making a distinction between rational and irrational conspiracy theories, you also make a distinction between rational and irrational science. Could you talk about that? Well, yes, a big part of my book deals with that. Uh, One of the a priori beliefs that I say have uh, prevented many people from looking at the evidence is uh, the belief that uh, NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, is a scientific organization that is, you know, it has lots of scientists working for it, And so the conclusion is made. Therefore, a report put out by NIST would, if so facto, be a scientific report. But, of course, that doesn't follow. We know from uh, the days when uh, there were scientists for hire saying that there is no evidence that uh, smoking tobacco causes cancer. Uh, We know now that they knew that that was false. They were deliberately misstating the facts. They were on the payroll. Well, who, you know, these scientists who work for NIST, is NIST a freestanding, independent agency? Not at all. It is an agency of the Commerce Department. Therefore, it is presently an agency of the Bush-Cheney administration. Does anyone seriously believe that such an agency could put out a report that would contradict the official story, the Bush-Cheney story, about 9-11. Of course not. But they don't think about that. They just say, well, this is a scientific report, and therefore it must be good science. These people know a lot more about science, about uh, steel and fires and buildings, than I do. So I don't need to look at the evidence. I just need to read their report. Well, of course, they don't read the report. The report's very long. They read their conclusions. They read their press releases. And therefore, on that basis, call the 9-11 people idiots, conspiracy nuts, morons, and so on, because we disagree with the official report, because it's a scientific report. But to be scientific is not sufficient to be written by scientists. It has to actually follow the standards of scientific method. And one of the chief criteria for deciding whether a theory deserves to be called scientific is whether it involves, if this is the appropriate method in this case, uh, inference to the best explanation. Now, best can't mean politically most correct or best from the point of view of the administration. It must mean best in terms of taking account in a self-consistent way of all the relevant evidence. But you look at the NIST report, and you see they consistently do not take account of many, many of the central parts 
of the evidence regarding the uh, the disintegration of the twin towers. For example, molten metal was found under all three buildings. There is absolutely no doubt about that. You have a testimony from many eyewitnesses at the site, including Peter Tully, who was the head of a company involved in the uh, cleanup, Mark Loiseau, who was the head of another company, Controlled Demolition. And they both said there were streams of molten metal under the rubble. There are photographs. There are also people on the site, crane operators, saying sometimes when we picked up these beams, they would be dripping molten metal at the end. And what does NIST do? It casts doubt on the idea that there were any pools or streams of molten metal. In fact, John Gross, one of their chief authors, was caught, if it's on uh, YouTube or, or Google or it's on somewhere, denying while he was giving a public presentation that there was any testimony about molten metal in the rubble. Likewise, popular mechanics suggest there wasn't, or they say if there was, and they got this from NIST, that it's more likely that the uh, metal as it was underground in the fire got so hot that it melted then. Well, that's just completely absurd from a scientific point of view. A hydrocarbon fire, as opposed to, say, a (laughs) nuclear-based fire, requires oxygen. And yet they claim that because the steel was underground and therefore not exposed to the atmosphere, the heat could build up, and popular mechanics concludes it could have easily gotten up to the melting point of steel. Uh, In other words, 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit, whereas it couldn't have gone into the ground. At the hottest, it could have been 1,800 degrees. So they're going to claim that while it was protected from the oxygen, it uh, increased in temperature 1,000 degrees or over 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. This is not science. This is propaganda. Now, speaking of bad science, let's talk about your Chapter 4 in Debunking 9-11 Debunking, where you deconstruct uh, Popular Mechanics's new book called Debunking 9-11 Myths, which is based on an earlier article written by a guy named Benjamin Chertoff. Now, this short book made a big impact, judging by how many people claim that it has finished off 9-11 conspiracy theories. It even has a foreword by Senator John McCain that sort of provided an official endorsement of the book. Would you say that the book is a genuinely independent publication? Well, it's questionable. Um, one thing that makes one suspicious is the fact that they go to great lengths to try to uh, disguise the fact that uh, young Benjamin Chertoff is a cousin of Michael Chertoff, the head of Homeland Security. Now, uh, one author who had written about this suggested that, uh, you know, maybe this was even set up. Uh, You know, I don't get into this kind of uh, uh, speculation, but... uh, one might uh, infer that, and uh, they go to great lengths and even claim that uh, they're not sure 
They doubt that Ben is a cousin. This is one of the most hilarious parts of the book, because here's a guy who's on their staff, yet Megs, the new editor, uh, editor-in-chief of Popular Mechanics, is claiming that his crack staff was able in just a few months to figure out the truth about uh, why the airplanes were not intercepted, why the World Trade Center buildings came down, what really happened at the Pentagon, and so on, and yet they couldn't discover whether a fellow working on their own staff was related to the director of Homeland Security. They even twist words. The quotation from the man who wrote that story, he called up, this was uh, Christopher Bolin, he called up Ben Chertoff's mother and said uh, he was curious, as Ben related to Michael Chertoff? And she said, oh, of course, he's his cousin. Well, when you read that in Popular Mechanics, it gets uh, transmuted into... She said, it's possible he might be a distant cousin. So there seems to be an attempt through dishonesty to uh, disassociate the book from Benjamin Chertoff. Uh, If you look at the cover of the book, the inside cover, you do not see his name mentioned, even though the book, for the most part, is word-for-word repetition of the original article, and Ben Chertoff had said he was the senior researcher for that article. And yet, reading this book, for the most part, you would assume he really didn't have anything to do with it. Another thing that makes uh, this suspicious is that popular mechanics claims that uh, people should trust them because their work is based on a hundred years of research into scientific matters. And yet, uh, just prior to when their article came out, there was a house cleaning there. Kathleen Black, who's the head of Hearst Corporation, which owns Popular Mechanics, and who, incidentally, is married to a former CIA and Department of Defense official, uh, fired the long-standing editor and uh, the former editor and uh, and some of the other leading people at the staff and uh, and brought in to a great extent a new staff. Bolin indicates that uh, uh, the changes were quite extensive. So the, these are not the people that people had grown to trust, and yet they uh, they present themselves as standing in in this long line of uh, tradition. Another thing, incidentally, that makes this, uh, I can call it a semi-official publication, is that it is endorsed by Condoleezza Rice's State Department as an excellent source of uh, debunking myths about 9-11. I'm speaking with author and theologian Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show, Debunking 9-11 Debunking. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. What did you think of the foreword by Senator John McCain? Well, I thought it was disgraceful, and it shows that, uh, you know, if you would end up having to choose between McCain or Giuliani as a presidential candidate, 
that would be a very difficult choice because, uh, you know, there's very strong evidence that uh, Giuliani was uh, involved in 9-11 because it was his people who, uh, for some reason, knew that uh, the Twin Towers were going to collapse even though there was no empirical reason, there was no historical precedent, nobody thought buildings like this could collapse, even the 9-11 Commission admits that. And yet uh, Giuliani's people in the Office of Emergency Management uh, put out the word that the towers were going to collapse. Uh, Giuliani said that himself in an interview with uh, Peter Jennings. And then a little later in the day, Word starts going around that Building 7 is going to collapse. This word starts going around around noon. And uh, when that's traced back, it turns out that that word came from the same people. So um, with regard to McCain, um, he makes all sorts of claims for the official story that have been thoroughly debunked by myself and uh, previous researchers, yet he makes them either with uh, total ignorance about all the facts that contradict them or uh, or else with deliberate uh, restating of things that are false. I suspect it's uh, primarily ignorance. But that's not the kind of person you would want <laughs> guiding the country as someone who would write a statement like that without checking the facts himself. He pretty much just takes... Um, Popular mechanics own word for it because they like to say, well, you know, we don't speculate. We just check the facts. And uh, that's what essentially McCain says in his introduction. Well, it seems like McCain is taking the same point of view as, say, the Cain Hamilton book without precedent. And that is, is that it's the same things that he's accusing the 9-11 truth movement of that is true of the official story. He claims, Senator McCain claims that, um, well, speaking of the two different conspiracy theories, as as you refer to them, that McCain claims that the more mundane story should be true. Well, which is the more mundane story? The conspiracy theory about Osama bin Laden or the U.S. government's involvement? That's right. He wants to say uh, that the conspiracy theorists, they're not satisfied with the uh, the mundane truth, but he says generally the, the truth is pretty mundane. So the truth is simply that, uh, <laughs> that Osama bin Laden was able to inspire 19 young men, including some who couldn't fly, to uh, fly these planes through the air, defeat the most uh, sophisticated military defense system in history, strike the Pentagon, which is surely the most protected building on the face of the planet, and then bring down three World Trade Center buildings by striking two of them and bringing down in such a way that several laws of physics were violated. Now, if that is not a non-mundane story, a non-mundane theory, I don't know what would count as. Whereas, as uh, Paul Craig Roberts has pointed out in uh, his review of my book, uh, what is more mundane than imperialist nations engaging in false flag operations 
in order to have a pretext to attack their enemies or the people they've declared to be their enemies. So we've done this with the Spanish-American War, the uh, war against Mexico. We did it with the Tonkin Gulf. Um, Japan did it when they wanted to start taking over Manchuria. The Nazis did it when they were ready to attack Poland. This is a mundane story that has been going on for a very long time, whereas the story about Osama bin Laden and the 19 young men, this is an unprecedented story that is uh, simply fabulous when you think about it. Exactly, and Paul Craig Roberts used to be part of the Reagan administration. I wanted to mention that in case people didn't know that. You know, another thing that Senator McCain claims is that um, uh, the 9-11 researchers are appealing to people's emotions, their fear and their anger, and yet that's exactly what the administration does, doesn't it? Oh, of course, and uh, they do it all the time. Uh, Bush did it just uh, recently, saying that, uh, you know, the reason we're we have to stay in Iraq and uh, finish defeating the enemy, is that these are the people who attacked us on 9-11. And at the same time, they will claim, oh, we never said there was some connection between 9-11 and Iraq, and yet they keep appealing to it. (laughs) By the way, that's one reason I say, uh, one of many reasons I say it's so important to get the truth about 9-11 out, uh, because many liberals are saying, well, look, um, you know, the war in Iraq is really more important. Global warming is really more important. Why shouldn't you be focused on that instead of 9-11, which is now pretty much old news? Well, it's not old news. It's appealed to every day by this administration to continue carrying out their policies in Iraq in Afghanistan, and against any policies that would begin to rectify global warming. So it is my belief, and the belief of uh, most of the 9-11 Truth movement, I believe, that uh, unless we can get the lie of 9-11 exposed, our country will not be ready to move on to the truly important issues, and we probably won't be able to get out of Iraq unless the fact that it was based on a false flag operation is acknowledged. Exactly. 9-11 is the lie that everything that we're fighting is based on. The lie that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. Senator McCain also criticizes the 9-11 truth movement for shaking people's faith in the government and suggesting that powers wholly out of proportion to what the evidence suggests, as if to say that the U.S. government couldn't have been complicit in the September 11th events because uh, they didn't have the power to do such a thing, and yet the official narrative claims that uh, people from another country, Osama bin Laden, did have such powers. It is amazing, and, you know, Coburn has made uh, the same kind of argument, saying that... uh, It's ridiculous to think that this was an inside job because this administration is so incompetent, they couldn't have pulled it off. Well, this argument is so (laughs) confused on so many points. First of all, when they say that, uh, you know, quite often as they put it, Bush couldn't have possibly planned such a thing. I don't think anybody in the 9-11 truth movement thinks that Bush planned it. 
uh, if they're talking about planners, they're talking about Cheney and Rumsfeld and uh, other people who do know about military things and not uh, George Bush. Secondly, if you're going to claim the military could not have pulled off such an operation because look how incompetent they are in Iraq, uh, they're not distinguishing between two very different things. There was the invasion of Iraq, and then there's the occupation. Our military is trained for invasions. They do invasions very, very well. And that's the source of the now notorious mission accomplished banner. The invasion was a great success. Nothing to crow about when you're talking about the most powerful military in history going up against a fourth class <laughs> military. Of course, it was an easy victory. But of course, our military was capable of doing this. Likewise, our military practices these interceptions. They practice their coordination with the FAA on a regular basis. They train, they have contests to see who can do it the fastest, who can trim off a few seconds. I reveal all of this in the, the first chapter where I was uh, lucky enough to get in touch with two air traffic controllers, one past, one present, at the Boston Center, the FAA Center. So I report there on what they have to say about these uh, training exercises. So they're just, uh, you know, mushing all sorts of things together. So to say that our military, which practices events of exactly this nature, was incapable of doing it is ridiculous. To say that Osama bin Laden, who did not have a military, they didn't have any planes, they didn't have any training, uh, Hani Hanjour, who allegedly flew this magnificent trajectory into the Pentagon, could not fly a single-engine plane safely enough that people would go up with him a second time. The idea that he flew a 757 through a 330-degree downward spiral where he descended 8,000 feet in just a few minutes and then brought the plane in at virtually ground level uh, to strike the Pentagon between the first and second floors without scratching the lawn. This is a fantastic, impossible story. I quote military people in there, people who were 757 qualified captains saying, I doubt that I could have done this. I know Honey Hunchur could not have done this. So, yes, you've just got uh, ridiculous claims made by people defending the official story. I'm speaking with author and theologian Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show, Debunking 9-11 Debunking. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. The government recommends, okay, you have found on a website, and I'd like you to talk about this, the government, the U.S. government recommends the uh, Popular Mechanics book. And when I was reading your chapter on this, you lay out how the Popular Mechanics book, in their attempted debunking of 9-11 truth, actually got the official story wrong on the stand-down. Well, yes, they were not up to date. Uh, they evidently hadn't really studied the 9-11 Commission report because um, 
they're claiming that the FAA did notify the military about uh, the other flights, not just Flight 11, but Flight 77 and uh, 175. They claim that uh, they were notified, but not in time for the planes to get there. And that's exactly what the 9-11 Commission report refutes. And in fact, that's what they now make a big uh, point of, and Bronner made a big point of, of suggesting that the military who told them that earlier story were actually lying to the commission. And so uh, for popular mechanics to uh, not understand how the official story has changed is just one of the many indications in that book that uh, their crack staff did not really get on this so quickly and master the facts about 9-11, if they didn't even know that very basic fact. Right, because the military and the commission changed their whole story and Popular Mechanics wasn't even aware of it. Evidently, that's, that's, uh, that's very puzzling that uh, they could have made such a big mistake, but uh, it's not the only big mistake they made. In your conclusion, you discuss uh, the acceptance of the official conspiracy theory by the mainstream and left-wing press. They seem to rely on the official and semi-official publications without questioning them. Could you give some examples? I'm thinking we haven't really discussed yet uh, the Matthew uh, Rothschild's article in uh, The Progressive. What can you tell us about that? Now, that came out in September of 2006. Yeah, let me make a more general point first. The, the connection uh, between these journal articles and uh, the official reports that I spend my chapters on is that uh, I show that the press in general has tended to rely on these official and semi-official reports. So, Um, That is why, in terms of trying to communicate to the American public, it's important that we see that the press is communicating information to them that is based on these official and semi-official reports and taking it upon themselves to debunk the 9-11 truth movement's claims by saying, well, they disagree with these reports, and therefore they're false. One example I give is, Alexander Coburn says, well, you know, he talks about uh, the alternative claim that the World Trade Center buildings came down because explosions brought them down. And he just simply says flat out, well, the people who survived from those buildings did not report any explosions going off. Now, as one who has written an article called Explosive Testimony, that's just incredible, because in that article alone, I quoted 41 people, some of them in the building, some of them firefighters, some of them tenants, some of them uh, reporters outside the buildings, some of them emergency medical workers right beside the building, all of them reporting signs that uh, explosions were going off prior to and after the collapse of the buildings. Um, Now, NIST and Popular Mechanics do not report these explosions. 
And evidently, Coburn inferred, well, since they don't report them, they evidently didn't occur. I give many, many examples of such things. Exactly. A lot of these articles that are trying to debunk uh, 9-11 research are basing their claims on semi-official documents that are simply either bad science or don't address certain issues and that are full of erroneous information. Now, with regard to Rothschild, he says that uh, in his article, enough of the 9-11 conspiracy theories already, that he says, our movement says that the buildings were brought down by explosions. Then he simply says, problem is, some of the best engineers in the country have studied these questions and come up with perfectly logical scientific explanations for what happened. He's clearly talking about the NIST report. And yet, as I show in my report, they do not give a perfectly logical scientific explanation that takes account of even half of the relevant evidence. They do not take account of the fact that there is molten metal underneath. They do not explain how the buildings came down vertically at virtually free fall speed. They do not explain why the tops of the buildings exploded outward in such a powerful manner that sections of steel beams weighing an enormous amount were blown out 400, 500, 600 feet, some of them stuck in neighboring buildings, so there's no doubt about what happened. Uh, The official theory is, of course, that the only energy was supplied by the fire and gravitation. Fire could not do that. Gravitation is purely vertical energy, cannot count for those horizontal projections. They cannot account for the fact that virtually all the cement and other material in the World Trade Center except the steel was pulverized into very tiny particles. Well, we could go on and on. Rothschild just takes them at their word that they've given a scientific explanation. And actually, he evidently didn't even read the report because the report itself makes clear they did not explain the collapses. They took it as their task simply to explain how the buildings got to the point where they were poised for collapse. And therefore, they excused themselves from dealing with the actual collapses themselves. The fact that they come down at virtually free fall speed, straight down, which means that all uh, almost 300 steel columns would have had to fail simultaneously to come down in a symmetrical, vertical fashion. So he simply doesn't know what he's talking about, and yet he writes this uh, article uh, as if he does because he's read something about what the conclusions of the the NIST commission were. Dr. Griffin, in the beginning of our talk, we were talking about the psychological aspect of people not being able to go there with regard to the evidence, the research, 
with regard to 9-11. And in your book, Debunking 9-11 Debunking, you quote former CIA analyst Bill Christensen. He talks about how the research, it hits at the very core of the entire political system. Well, yes, as I was suggesting before, it throws into question, very serious question, our whole system of whether it is now uh, completely broken beyond repair. Uh, Democracy depends on the citizens having the kind of information they need to make uh, intelligent judgments about these matters. How can they vote intelligently if they're being systematically deceived? Deceiving them into war, many people are now pointing out, that's clearly an impeachable offense. If it isn't, uh, you know, what would be? But clearly, murdering uh, several thousand of your own citizens and then lying about that to use that as the pretext to go to war is many degrees worse. So I've had people say to me, no matter what kind of evidence you give me, I will not believe that because I simply do not want to live in a country that is that corrupt and uh, has fallen so far from the ideals that I was taught America stood for. Dr. Griffin, is there anything else you'd like to add about your new book, Debunking 9-11, Debunking? I would say the main significance of it is, uh, and how it differs from the previous books, obviously it's got a bunch of new facts, uh, and uh, particularly this information that I've learned not only from Robin Horton, but from the uh, Colin Scoggins, who is presently uh, still working at the Boston Center, Um, There's a wealth of information that uh, he has provided. Um, I would say the the main significance is the fact that prior to now, as I said, they had rested content with simply ignoring us or then insofar as they paid attention to the 9-11 Truth Movement, ridiculing us. But now that these reports have come out where they have point by point, tried to take on the claims of the 9-11 Commission. I think, in retrospect, they may see this was a, an error on their part, because now it is so obvious that they cannot defend the official story. Prior to their trying, people who wanted to believe, desperately wanted to believe the official story, perhaps, um, could do so by saying, well, you know, they could debunk your theories if they wanted to, but why should they stoop to that level? Why should they give you credibility? And, of course, that's what Lee Hamilton had claimed for a long time. People would ask him, say, I saw him on C-SPAN. Somebody said, well, um, have you responded to David Griffin's critique? And he says, well, no, I wouldn't want to give him credibility. Um, that was probably the better strategy, because now that they have gone to that level and tried to get concrete and deal with the actual charges our movement has made and failed so miserably to defend it, I think it'll be obvious to most readers, except those who are most determined 
to protect the official story. It will be so obvious that their explanations are so either ridiculous or so refuted by so many undeniable facts that many readers who hadn't before will now conclude, okay, the whole thing is a hoax. They're clearly covering up the truth. And if they're covering up the truth, the truth must be that it was an inside job. So I believe uh, that is the significance of the new book, that it uh, reveals this fact uh, rather systematically that these four major attempts to defend the official story, various parts of it, have all failed and failed so obviously that, uh, and I think this is why John Whitbeck made the distinction in saying that before he was only around 90% convinced 9-11 was an inside job. But after reading this book, he's 100% convinced. Dr. Griffin, thank you very much. Well, thank you, Bonnie, and thank you for your continued uh, attention to this story. Something happening, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over. I've been speaking with author and theologian Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show has been Debunking 9-11 Debunking. Dr. Griffin's new book, his fifth on the events of September 11, 2001, Debunking 9-11 Debunking, an answer to popular mechanics and other defenders of the official conspiracy theory, tackles the recent onslaught of articles and books aimed at discrediting the 9-11 truth movement. Debunking 9-11 Debunking takes on four major semi-official publications. The Popular Mechanics book, Debunking 9-11 Myths, Why Conspiracy Theories Can't Stand Up to the Facts. The Kane Hamilton book, Without Precedent, The Inside Story of the 9-11 Commission. Vanity Fair's 9-11 Live, the NORAD tapes, and the National Institute of Standards and Technologies Answers to Frequently Asked Questions. Dr. Griffin's books are available at Amazon.com. Today's show was co-produced by Todd Fletcher. Guns and Butter is produced and edited by Bonnie Faulkner and Yaro Mako. To leave comments or order copies of the show, email us at faulkner at gunsandbutter.net. That's faulkner at gunsandbutter.net. Or visit our website at www.gunsandbutter.net. Trying to steal your life You know what I'm saying Look what decides yourself For peace